good to be here. This is Russell Trawick again. It's been a while. We, uh, over the last few months, I, I started a new job. Um, the Lord provided for me and my family greatly. And so I, I took a little short sabbatical, a, a little short sabbatical, but um, in that time, just trying to make sure I could focus on the new job, learning, the being trained and learning the job, um, making sure I was completely fit uh, to do the job, and uh, to make sure that um, I could glorify God with it. <coughs> Excuse me. Well... In over those few months, one of the things that we we've done it's not that we haven't met as a church per se. Uh, we've gathered as a saint, but uh, one of the things that we began to do and talk about um, was the need not necessarily uh, not that I would be doing large amounts of sermon prep and being the primary preaching preacher and teacher. But one of the things that we were talking about is after all these years of studying God's Word, applying, uh, going through the law Word of God, the law of God, I really wanted to focus in on the fellowship we have. And that all spurred from a whole different thing. And I, I don't want to get too sidetracked today, but uh, there was a meme that came out with all of this craziness that's been going on. And uh, the meme was kind of like this. There's people who don't, who are afraid of the virus. Those people who don't think we should come back together. Uh, there's those people who, who want to gather together. There's all these things. And right in the center is the pastor, the cent uh, in the, the center of all these things. And they said, you know, really pray for your pastor because he's being pulled in all these directions. One of the things that really shocked me about that, and I, and I don't want to be critical of people who posted it, including pastors, because a lot of pastors did. But the the problem with that is that the church is not centered on the pastor. The church has not ever been centered on if the pastor can fulfill his responsibilities, or if he feels convicted, or if he's heartbroken because he can't serve everyone. The church is the body of Christ, not the body of the pastor. And even if you want to even if we call a pastor an under shepherd, they're an under shepherd to the great shepherd. And during times of crises, a pastor has a great role in encouraging the saints, but they aren't the center of the church. In fact, if I've learned anything, or I've been grateful to know anything, the church goes on without us as elders, without us as pastors. And what I think a lot of churches have realized through this time, whether you consider it a crisis or not, is that a pastor can still reach his congregation, equip the congregation, edify the congregation, challenge the congregation without even being gathered together. 
The role of the pastor is not to be the center of the church. The role of the pastor is to undergird the church and their needs. And so one of the things that we've kind of done, and, and maybe we will in the future come back to it where we record our time together, um, but we chose not to. We, choose, we chose to not record those sessions. What we've done is really I want to focus in topically, relationally, socially right now um, and help our take what we've learned over the last good Lord six, seven years of applying God's word and studying God's word and to really take it and ask the question how do we apply it to this situation? How do we understand this in light of scripture? And instead of me going through and expositing for the congregation, what we've been doing is, as we meet together, we've been taking these things on and using all of God's Word to apply it. And allowing, especially, wanting our children to participate. Because we only have one chance to get this right. We only have one chance to set these uh, standards and set these truths in place for our children. And although family, the family is the most important aspect of that, when we gather as a church, when we leave our children out of it, um, it kind of, it kind of, it, it really limits their, limits their, uh, them seeing themselves in the midst of the situation. So, We've been taking on topics, and we've been talking about the current situations, whether it be and all the pandemic of and all those things. And I'm going to talk about that in another video. I did preach a sermon on it, um, how to love, basically how we love our neighbor in the midst of crises. And um, I don't agree with everyone. Um, and then that's okay. We all have an opinion. But what we do with what we know is what's most important. Um, and if we're convinced in our minds, then we need to be consistent with that. And so we'll talk about that in another video, maybe next week. Maybe I'll have a chance to record another one and then release it. But <clears throat> today, I, I just kind of want to talk about something that's on, not just on my heart, but not just on my mind, but um, something as I was going throughout the week, something that came up. And I want to, one thing I want to do is make sure I represent this correctly. Um, I'm not trying to belittle anyone. I'm not trying to put down a ministry. Um, really what I want to do is to discuss, I want to discuss some short-sightedness. And, and, and that short-sightedness leads to error, practically speaking. Now, it sounds good from a pulpit. It sounds good um, to fill time with. But when it comes down to it, practically speaking, how does this apply? I, I actually work, uh, I, I work in a uh, secular atmosphere. Um, there are not a bunch of Christians around me. Um, there are not a lot of... Uh, there's just not a lot of people that are there to that um, that 
<laughs> understand these aspects. So how does it apply? It's easy for us to sit back in our holy huddles and criticize the world for acting like the world. But when we start looking at these things and we start applying these things, what we see is our personal responsibility with all of it. And so let's do that today. You know, I just want to kind of, as I know we're already into this a little ways, but I want I wanted to do that. And I'll, and I'll kind of come, you're going to see me look down. I've got to look at some notes because uh, I want to make sure I state things correctly. I'm, gonna, I'm also going to quote some scriptures. I, I, I quote some things that, I might not give the address for. Um, if you disagree with there in the Bible, then go look them up and show or show me where my fault is. But I'm pretty sure you'll get this. So one of the things that will happen this week came up in my feed is I listen to all kinds of ministries. Those I agree with. Those who I completely disagree with. And um, I wanted to listen to something that came up, especially related to a current issue or a current topic that we can relate to and that is regarding Black Lives Matter. Now truthfully the way this began this video and this video was uh, with Apologia Church and it started with Dr. James White who is uh, who has come in as an, an elder pastor with Apologia Church now um, along with Jeff Durbin he kinda gives an intro but one of the things I've been doing is listen to a lot of churches a lot of pastors a lot of teachers on Black Lives Matter and it's not because I don't have an opinion um, I always want to kind to kind of test the water to see where people are at especially when when, um, when these type of things come up now <clears throat> there are Within this context, it starts off with uh, with James White uh, speaking. Now, there have been plenty of times in the past where there have been critiques of James White, Dr. James White, regarding his statements um, regarding black people. And I will tell you that those criticisms, he's made statements about uh, uh, blacks in America, whether it be I'm not going to go into that. And his the critiques against him, I believe, were valid. But <clears throat> when you have a message from a church as in, in influential as they are, I, I wanted to listen to what they had to say. And the first thing is, is James White's kind of given like a call to worship or a call to the sermon. And then here comes Jeff. And uh, so... My complaint primarily is with James White. My concern comes with Jeff Durbin's sermon on this. And I'm not going to belittle them, um, not Jeff on this, but I, I don't, I think they missed the mark. Now, they, they hit the mark of what they were going to talk about, but they missed the mark regarding the purpose behind what they were talking about. Now, and I'll share with you why. Because the whole thing is, it begins the video, James White is talking about, we're presuppositionalists. I'm a presuppositionalist when it comes to God's word. 
And what he says is, presuppositionally, I mean, I'm just paraphrasing this, presuppositionally, for us to bring up a derivation or a category that God does not begin with is to violate our, our, our presuppositions of God's word. So for us to talk about or to, to stand behind something like Black Lives Matter is, and the fact that we even use the word black is a derivation from a presuppositional that all men are created in the image of God. That is, that is true to an extent, and that's kind of where the fault kind of begins. Um, James White speaks, I'm trying to word this so I'm, I'm not slandering, it's not considered slander to the brother. The problem I have, and the reason why I bring this up, is we can be presuppositionalists all we want. And our presuppositions can be true. But when we use our presuppositions to completely ignore the, um, the categorical injustice or to ignore an oppression, then we have a problem. Now, James White starts off as presuppositionalist. Well, these, these are the things that we true. We can't talk about how black lives matter, white lives matter, brown lives matter. All lives matter because all are created image of God. Yes, that's true. And I will say this. If there's any person that considers themselves a Christian and believes that any ethnic group or skin color matters more than another, you are deep in sin, and I would say you are not a Christian. But, and I say the, the but is not to, to say to, is not to say that something is okay. But I want to really clarify some things. The issue is that I want to speak of is really in regard to presuppositionalism. So I'm going to kind of give you, so White, James White lays that foundation, but then he turned, then, then he hands the baton to Jeff Durbin, and Jeff Durbin says, yes, I can get behind the fact that black lives matter, but I can't get behind the organization. So then proceeds to preach a message, preach a message, of why the organization is so wrong. Black Lives Matter, there is an organization, but the problem and the push is not the organization. The issue at hand and why people are marching is not because of the organization. People are marching and protesting and I'm not going to and you could say rioting, not because of an organization. These things are going on because of a particular oppression. And some know how to answer that oppression biblically, and some do not.
And so, therefore, for the next 45 minutes or so, Jeff Durbin goes on to preach a message regarding why Black Lives Matter, the movement, the organization, is something that's evil, it's sinful. Now, that's what all well and good. I think you could have done a five-minute video on that. The problem is not the organization. The problem is how the church responds to any form of oppression and their presuppositions matter and I'll say this I believe the presuppositions of James White are very well revealed I believe that by presupposition alone yes Jeff Durbin speaks on the on the uh, regarding that the Word of God is our, yes, it is our it is real and it's useful for all things, but goes on to just talk about how this sin, sin issue, this this issue of an organization, is the problem. The problem is not the organization. It's actually I would go this far. I would say the problem is the church and how we respond to situations, how we respond. Yes, we are called to. Yes, we are called to a, to uh, that the meek, as Jeff said, the meek will inherit the earth. Yes, we the the gospel of the kingdom is is the most important thing. Yes, but the answer is not to go after an organization. The answer is not to go after an organization. The answer is not to show why. A non-Christian organization's wrong. The answer is not why is communism wrong, socialism wrong. The answer is what's wrong with the church. Now you can't talk about the church. Maybe their motivations. I have opinions of their motivations why they don't speak regarding the church and why they distance themselves from complaining or pointing out. The complacency of the church sometimes. But I want to point out the issues behind presuppositionalism here. There's nothing wrong with presuppositionalism as part of your worldview. Presuppositional, uh, presuppositionalism, I'm not, like I said, I have notes, so I've got to kind of biblically cannot begin. This is kind of what it he said, presuppositionalism biblically can't begin with any derivation from the fact that all are made in the image of God and matter only because of Him. That is a major part of what the problem. It can't begin with any der derivation. Okay, presuppositionalism cannot begin from any other area except from Scripture. Great. Next. That is a fact. We begin and end with Scripture. However, it's one thing to begin with our knowledge begins with God, but also how we apply it ends with Him. And just to say it begins and ends with knowing that it begins and ends with God, that it's intellectual assent, but that's it. That's not it. That's not all. The other problem I had was the linking Black Lives Matter 
Marxism and communism. And then saying, stating that social justice is unbiblical and they come from Black Lives Matter, communism, and Marxism. Social justice, they both believe, they use the words, are evil. But the thing is, is if you're talking about justice in a society, they're fine. And that's what most Christians, most people are teaching. And that, just no different, Dr. Joel McDermott teaches on that. He used that. But to say, I believe that when they when people begin to start talking about cultural Marxism and all those things or social justice warriors and they begin using these labels, they are actually building a straw man in order to destroy a full teaching that is biblical. Yes, there are secularists out there that believe in social justice in a different way, but when I use the word social justice, I define it based upon scripture. And it is there. For justice, justice is not just in the individual. It's, it's for the society. The law of God is not just for the individual. It's for a society. It's for a culture, a community built upon him and his word. So as Christians, of course, we should value. Now says, as Christians, we should value all peoples from all nations as equal image bearers of God. The issue is not that all lives matter. So we are, I don't know, but I mean, so our mantra needs to be, needs not be iterated. All lives matter. Black lives matter. All lives matter. Yes, all lives matter. But the issue is that when we, when any image bearer of God is oppressed, or unjustly persecuted, or violated, <clears throat> then we have a duty, as Christians, we have a responsibility to address these situations and seek redress, seek justice for these violations. The issue, or the heart of the matter, um, is that one injustice does not outweigh another injustice. For example, throughout all these things regarding the Black Lives Matter movement, regarding the injustice um, of, of these individuals who have been, I would say, murdered by the police, regarding all these things, there are the those who are abortion abolitionists, and I, I pray for the abolition. I worked with the abolition of abortion. I, I believe it is important. But those who are uh, abortion abolitionists constantly go, well, the li black lives in the womb matter. Okay, great. Yes, I agree. But the matter at hand, the redress that is needed, the justice for these violations that is needed, It needs to be addressed now. And one injustice does not outweigh always the other injustice. So the issue is, for example, the abortion does not outweigh any societal justice issue of oppression. It's important to me. It's part of my life. But that doesn't mean the abolition of abortion outweighs all other societal injustices. Yes, 
the judgment of God for the sin of this nation regarding those things is 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 necessary. It, it's it's visible, and and we ought to call for God's judgment. We ought to call for the repentance of people. Yes, but so is the injustice and the oppression of these who have been brutally beaten and murdered. And we can't separate and say one's more important than the other. When we say Black Lives Matter, we are not speaking of an organization, but rather we are speaking categorically. Listen carefully to that. We are speaking categorically. Yes, Christians can speak of people and issues categorically. If we can speak about widows, orphans, sick, poor, men, women, abortion, etc. in the church, we can speak categorically about any group or persons when they are oppressed. Just as we can speak about Black Lives Matter. See, it's not enough for us to say we have this presupposition or that presupposition. The question is, where do your presuppositions lead you? How, how do they apply? The life in Christ is not just an intellectual mental ascent. Everything we have in Scripture leads us to do something. It leads us to do action. In fact, James would tell us, and it would match up with this, I believe. If her presuppositions of the faith lead you to do nothing or ignore any situations, you then have a dead faith. Because we can chant Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter all we want. But if that faith that we have, that knowledge that we have, that mental ascent to God's Word that we have does not lead us to action, then we stand right there with all the, the pagans, all those, those people out there as guilty. We stand guilty before God regarding how we respond. What good is your faith if it's not accompanied? By works, by action. Such a faith is a dead faith. Now I want to speak one thing regarding one of the presuppositions and one of the things that was stated by James White. He didn't get into this as much as he really wanted to. But I believe it shows where he's wrong. In Colossians chapter 3, he wrote, he read, Verse 11, starting there. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. So when he talked about what he emphasized was the barbarian, the Scythian, these are ethnic groups. There's no ethnic groups anymore. We don't regard ethnic groups in the church. Slave or free, 
we don't regard slave those who are oppressed uh, who in slavery or those who are not. We don't. Um, We don't, pardon me, I, I want to make sure I say this right. We no longer let societal or cultural norms define us. Folks, ethnicity or ethnos is not determined by society. Scripture tells us that God not only numbered our days, He placed us and had us born in the time and the place where we're at. He determined the color of our skin, the hairs on our head, the color of our hair. And the reality is there are differences, and there are different ethnic groups, and there are different cultures. Yes, there are. There are different nations. There are different places. In the body of Christ, we are one. Once again, whether I was a, if I were a slave or not, whether I was a Jew or a Gentile, regardless of those things, in the body of Christ we are one. The issue of at hand that the church needs to address is not that all lives matter. That is a fundamental thing. The issue at hand is that when a society, a group of people, the state, the church, civil magistrate, the family, whoever it might be, decides that one individual's life is not as important as the life of others. When the civil magistrate or a representative of the civil magistrate believes that they can come and they can be judge, jury, and executioner or they can beat another image bearer of God or they can restrict an image bearer of God or they believe that their position of authority is greater than another individual Whatever it might be, when there is an oppression or an injustice created, the church, who knows that all lives matter, needs to speak up and stand in the gap. But what we do know is this. Regardless of ethnicity, regardless of employment status or slave or Jew or Gentile or what have you, regardless of those things, we speak to injustices. We call out to God. We call out to the civil magistrate to do good and not evil. And when they do evil or a representative of the civil magistrate does evil, we must speak up for it. And to chant Black Lives Matter, or to say that Black Lives Matter does not tie you to an institution. It ties you to the, to the Word of God and the body of Christ. 
as the body of Christ, we speak up that these lives matter. This person's life matters. This group of people matter. This ethnic group matters. This nation matters. These, And you can go on and on. But to have an injustice carried out against the individual, and the church response is, let's speak about how the organization is wrong. Heck, we don't have to talk about why Planned Parenthood is wrong in order to establish why abortion is wrong. Abortion is not wrong because of Planned Parenthood. Abortion wasn't is not wrong because of Planned Parenthood. Abortion is wrong because it's murder. Police br brutality against blacks is not wrong because all lives matter. It's wrong because it it, it violates God's statute. That they're image pairs of God. And that justice and mercy are to be carried out according to God's word. Not on a sidewalk with a man's knee in the throat of another man. Another man. We can't, justice is not carried out for these men who've been murdered recently by talking about how the organization Black Lives Matter is heinous and unrighteous. No, it's only when the church stands up and declares the standard of God's word and his righteousness. How we handle oppressions in society is not talking about why communism and homosexuality is wrong. We need to do better. And I believe that the judgment of God, as scripture says, begins with the household of God. And as long as we keep talking about the mental ascent of things and stop doing what it says, well, we conflate the issue by strawmanning it. We stand guilty as though we accuse of being guilty. We must do better. We must be obedient. And we need to learn how not only to rejoice with those who rejoice, but to mourn with those who mourn. And folks, even those who have no hope in Christ Jesus, we need to learn how to mourn with them. We need to weep for them. And as I've stated in a, in a past video, we need to learn to have compassion, gut-wrenching compassion upon a lost world. Stop acting like psychopaths and start acting like the bride of Christ. Good, good, good.